0: this is call on the field stands i'm jeff mapis here with ryan denchef actually not here with ryan denchef due to this virus we are separated tonight
1: yes it's been a while since we recorded one of these podcasts Uh, a few weeks we did the mock draft i think was probably our last episode three or so weeks ago so we've been a little stagnant we had a lot of shit going on obviously um, you know, we're both still working, luckily, knock on wood. Uh, glad that's continued. I know a lot of people obviously uh, don't have that luxury to continue working, and there's just all this shit going on. So, had a little space between episodes, uh, but we're back. I think we've settled down a little bit. Hopefully, we'll be getting back to some semblance of normalcy here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then we'll get football back, hopefully, uh, this fall, And which is the obvious, baseball obviously will eventually get started, one would presume at some point. Uh, We'll talk plenty of that on the podcast, but uh, as we've talked about many times, NFL continues to dominate every month, even when sports are going, and even now that there's no sports, the only sports topic to talk about, NFL draft in, what, three days from today, I guess? Uh, Today is Monday, the 20th, 420. All you 420 peeps out there, Uh, but we have uh, the draft on Thursday, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Looking forward to this conversation. Look forward to the draft.
0: Absolutely, unusual. Yep, I'm glad they uh, they figured out um, how to keep the draft on the same date and uh, keep this thing rolling because yeah. we are all itching for some sports talk.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were contemplating like before the whole virus really, you know, the shit really hit the fan. We're like, were they even going to still do free agency because of the, you know, doing visits? Are people going to be able to do visits? How are they going to do their medical exams and all that kind of stuff? Is the draft going to get pushed back because free agency gets pushed back? Luckily, nothing was really altered so far uh, with the NFL season, and we're off and running. Going to be a little bit different of a draft this year, of course, as they're doing everything virtually through some type of virtual situation. I don't know if they're using Zoom or what the hell they're using. I think they're aren't they using Zoom because they were people were complaining were about concerns. getting hacked or something.
0: Yeah, they they were worried about <laughs> Zoom, and I don't know. I, I would like to think that a billion dollar corporation can figure it the fuck out on how yeah. to make this thing work. Yeah, no shit. So
1: sounds like that's going to be the case. Uh, so that kind of leads into our first topic. Like, what do you think the experience is going to be like? And how do you think it's going to be different? Do you, are you still excited about the draft knowing that it's going to be less of a fanfare? The coverage is going to be a hell of a lot different. You know, the in person interviews that you always see, you know, people crying and talking about how much they love their family and think their mom and all this kind of stuff as they're talking to reporters, you know, 30 seconds after hugging a Goodell, like all this is going to be changed. The whole experience is going to be different, viewing it. There's no fans going to be there. It's just going to be all different. So, what's your kind of outlook like? Do you think it's going to, the, the change in how they're going to execute it, do you think that's going to take away from the excitement at all of the draft this Thursday and then Friday? Uh, most people don't really give a fuck about the third day, but
0: (laughs) the first two days are obviously the big two days, especially Thursday. Now excitement is still going to be there mainly because I mean, we are all craving something in the sports world and the NFL draft is about to deliver. Like, yeah, I mean, it sucks more so for the players that planned on going there and having that experience. I think, I mean, I'm sure a lot of them growing up, like dreamt of walking on that stage being selected as a first round pick, but uh even if they weren't able to go, I mean they're not even really supposedly getting supposed to be getting in a large group so like are they even going to be celebrating with their with their friends and, friends. and yeah. family yeah like I don't know that's yeah, I
1: always enjoyed like seeing some of those, like Baker Mayfield comes to mind. Like he was at his house, his whole squad was there. Like you see them get they show the, the tapes later, like them getting the call, talking to the GM, uh, and then you know they celebrate and everything. Like that's probably not gonna be any of that. No. Which is crazy. No. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be weird, but I think just the excitement is gonna be there from the fans' perspective. Like you said, like there's been no sports at all. And if anyone's followed along on the Twitter, I've been simulating an all-time NBA. Uh, matchups bracket on NBA 2K on the Xbox because I just wanted to get some sports and competition at any level. So I see the computer play the computer uh, throughout this tournament. It's been pretty interesting and fun to watch, even though the Nuggets of 07 are just <laughs> running to the finals. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How is that possible, man? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I they, so. didn't win, they didn't win anything, and here they are upsetting, like, the 90s Bulls. What is yeah. going on? They beat the 90s Bulls,
1: and then earlier today they beat the 12-13 Heat. I'm like, yeah, Melo's good, and B- Chauncey Billups was a dog back then too. But come on, let's let's be real here. I don't yeah. know how that. It's just been crazy upsets. Like, the reminds me of a NCAA bracket. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's got those Cinderella stories. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So going back to the draft, I think it's going to be, you know, just as enjoyable, and honestly, probably a little bit more so because in years past, I've you just kind of watched the draft, and we'll text and shit like that, Uh talk about the Browns and you know different picks and stuff like that. But this year. Uh, especially without being able to be around, you know, friends and family, we're setting up a virtual uh, watch party on Zoom where, you know, us and some friends and stuff are going to be drinking beers and watching the draft and bullshitting uh, through the draft. So that's actually going to be you know, something that we haven't done before, and actually, I think going to make it more fun than watching the draft in years past. I've mean i went to a bar and stuff like that, and that's been kind of fun. But uh, it's going to be sweet to just kind of shoot the shit with the friends and, you know, watch the draft and guess what's happening. I got a little. Uh, wagering system that I'll share with you here in a second that I want to throw out there, see what your thoughts are on it. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be, people are going to find ways to get creative. Twitter is going to be absolutely bonkers probably uh, Yeah. through the draft, people live tweeting and commenting because, you know, just the interaction and the engagement of what's going to be displayed on TV is probably going to be a lot less than we've seen in the past. There's not going to be those interviews. There's not going to be as much of the, uh, that kind of fanfare type stuff just going to be analysts talking and showing highlights like it gets kind of boring after a while so right yeah but anyways don't know what you think about this so this is what, what i'm thinking on the zoom call we'll have one point per correct selection guess and then whoever is at the end with the most points wins so basically we'll basically do a live time like you know a couple minutes left on a clock everybody has to submit their pick on what cincinnati Bengals are up first everybody has to submit who they think they're going to pick everybody's gonna say joe burrow everybody's going to get one point Number two, nice. if there's a trade, we can say like, okay, there's a trade. You get another couple minutes to reselect because if Miami trades up, everybody's going to pick two. Uh, uh, but there's right. going to be a, uh, plenty of people getting shit wrong, of course. Uh, so, yeah, right before the pick, we'll submit our, our, our guess. And if you get it right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, you get zero points. And then whoever has the most points at the end wins the, the pot of gold at the end. So,
0: oh, I dig it. Yeah. Yes, I Good love fun.
1: it. Another fun element to mix it up. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm definitely down for that. Begunning for the win. Yeah, dude. I'm actually,
0: that.
1: Like what I'm saying, I'm actually kind of more excited for this draft than, than all other drafts. And maybe a part of it is this has been nothing, like no sports to be consumed for so long. That it's yeah, it's something
0: itching. to do.
1: <clears throat> yeah, itching to get some type of sports back in our lives, I guess. So. Right.
0: Yeah. No, I'm excited about that. Yes, sir. So, uh, enough talk about the draft. Let's get into some specifics. Yes, sir. Let's start with uh, quarterbacks we hate and love. And I'm going to start with one that uh, I hate. I don't understand why he's getting as much hype. Well, I do because there aren't that many good quarterbacks. And, well, there are a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. But um, based on what I'm reading and watching, I'm not on the Justin Herbert train at all. Would not want to take uh, him in the top 10 think that that's where
1: he's going he's going that's where he's going
0: there's going to be a team taking him might be the chargers but that's what i think's going to take him yeah just i mean watching brief uh you know briefly what i've seen of him this year and uh doing a ton of reading because that's all there is to do in the sports world right now He's not really a quarterback that can drop back and is like a process guy. He's not going to be the quarterback to be able to get his re- pre-snap reads correctly and diagnose the coverage as the bullets are flying at him. So, you know, he's just not – I just don't see him as a long-term quarterback one uh, in this league.
1: Yeah, the tough part about him is – and I actually like Herbert. I think he's, you know, I don't know, probably my th- – Third, I guess easy enough to say, third best quarterback uh, on the list behind, of course, Burrow and Tua, who I think, you know, Burrow and Tua, significant drop uh, to <clears throat> Herbert at number three. But, I mean, I don't know. I've watched him several times this year. You know, he's on the late games at bars and shit like that. I thought he balled the fuck out. Uh, I liked what he was doing. I liked his uh, physical talent. And it's hard, you know, Oregon, how sophisticated of an offense are they allowing him to run? So that kind of plays into, you know, oh, well, he didn't do a lot of – you know, multi-read dropbacks and all those kind of stuff. I was like, he also played in a system that I don't really think is, you know, setting up to be Peyton Manning or anything like that. So it's tough a lot of times. I mean, most quarterbacks are like that. Almost in all situations, quarterbacks coming out of the draft, the college systems are simplified in such a way that predicting how they're going to study the playbook and you know, be able to absorb NFL concepts and things like that. It's hard to really grasp that as an outsider looking in when you haven't talked to the dude, you're not interviewing him, you don't know what he's like in film, um, all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of hard to to really guess if he's going to be able to translate to the league in that respect, but I think talent-wise, I think he's going to be sweet, uh, and I think for I don't know why, I just think he's going to be able to pick up as he goes and continue to improve. Again, I mean he also you know improved throughout his career as well. In college, so I don't know I kind of like Justin Herbert, uh, but my hate is Jordan Love, and I think it's just because similar basically all of what you said about Herbert is kind of my uh, uh, ideas on love. like I just don't understand how he's getting rated so high, like they're talking about him going top fifteen uh, with a guy who's almost certainly going to have to sit. Uh, for a year so like maybe a team like the Buccaneers might take a flyer on him have him sit behind Brady for a couple years then have him slot in and maybe he can learn enough to become the guy but I don't know I I haven't seen the skill and the talent uh, from love from the other guys and honestly I think my number four QB which might give me some slack on this is uh, I still think Jake Fromm is going to be a nice NFL prospect and he would actually be my number four guy above jordan love and he's actually getting almost no love uh when it comes to you know some of the top qbs and guys who might mm-hmm. go in that first round uh, but i think he's yeah. he's one of those sleeper qbs who i think is going to drop a little bit and uh, a team's going to scoop him up and he's going to turn into a nice a nice prospect i mean i remember watching him as a freshman in georgia and thinking like this dude is a freshman and when he comes out he's going to be the number one overall pick because he's that good yeah of regressed a little bit georgia's offense i mean they <laughs> You would think with their running backs and all, and being in the SEC and dominating year after year, like their offense, I don't know, Kirby Smart just doesn't have it all put together to the point where they're rumbling offense in the SEC. Like it's weird.
0: Yeah, no, I mean they kind of still have that old school style. Like we have our stud O line unit, we have our stud running backs. We're gonna pound the rock and let Jake Fromm make some uh, throws here and there.
1: They also His numbers a, are solid though too. Like he doesn't throw a lot of picks, yeah. percentage is high. He doesn't put up a ton of stats because that's just I think the nature of their offense. So I don't know. Jake Fromm's they, a little underrated, and I think he's gonna be nice in the NFL.
0: They they had a drop off in wide receiver talent this year. For I sure. mean, they they lost in their best target, uh to suspend he got kicked out of school. And uh it would have been nice to have him paired with uh that freshman George Pickens, that five star who is gonna be a stellar receiver, but um going back to love i don't understand the hype at all seeing seeing the cut-ups of him that's being floated around on social media and online like that dude is not going to be an nfl quarterback and someone for sure is going to reach on him in the first round and it's going to be an instant bust
1: yeah i mean i think the only way he doesn't become an instant bust is if he goes to a situation where like i said he's expected to sit one if not two seasons like i said the uh the Buccaneers kind of make a lot of sense, but you know, I anticipate them trying to go and get somebody who's going to impact now. I mean, you just signed Brady to an enormous contract. like, You don't want to take a first-round pick who you're not even going to play. Like, You want somebody who's going to slot in yeah. there and help Brady and help that team win. Uh, but just trying to think of like some other situation off the top of my head, I'm not really sure uh, who that might be. Um, so he's probably going to go first round to a team that wants a QB and wants a starter, but I don't think he's – if they – expect him to come in day one and be the starter and lead them to you know anything more than a another shitty season yeah it's gonna be tough to to see how that makes sense yeah he could easily drop second round because of that fact like the top tier teams that need a qb they're not gonna pick them and i don't think the other teams that are like you know obviously are in the back of the draft for a reason they're good teams they're not gonna want to sit back i mean i'm trying to think maybe like the saints uh, could do something like
0: that. I don't know. There's, I guess. Something- They're in win now mode too. Yeah. Like if you have a quarterback in place, you're like all in on, we need to win now. Well, yeah. Anything can happen. You saw what happened with Andrew Luck. Dude quit, retired yeah. like, like that. And going back to Jake Fromm real quick. I think what is going to hold him back is um, his athletic ability. He's kind of just like a big body that can drop back kind of extend plays at the college level, but not gonna be able to do that in the NFL. So he's I mean got a I, like, arm. I don't know. I like Jake Fromm. He's I mean, he's got the arm. He um he's intelligent. And I mean, you already mentioned it. He commanded their offense as a freshman and they went to the national championship that way. So I've always liked Fromm too. I just that'd be one uh hindrance on him is his overall athletic ability and mobility in the pocket. But Yeah.
1: Especially in I mean you see Say a shift. I'm gonna kind of say a shift, but you see a lot more athletic QBs becoming more. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Prominent. About. Yeah, in the NFL, athletic quarterbacks are becoming the norm. I guess. Yeah. Uh, more so than guys who just sit back there and just sling it, like the Brady's and the Mannings and things like that. Like the young QBs mm-hmm. who are coming up right now, pretty much all of them have some decent athletic ability. Can extend plays, like you said, get out of the pocket, can scramble a little bit. Uh, so. That could be yeah
0: it's uh, part of the uh, um um evolution of offenses in high school and into college that we've seen over the past twenty years right i mean it it used to be that traditional big strong armed quarterback that would drop back and chuck the ball downfield you know you got to be able to do more than that in in uh today's game so folks show sure.
1: uh and one other thing that you know we should get into as we're still on the quarterbacks. I don't really think we need to talk about Burrow. He's going number one. If he doesn't, it's going to be the shocker of, I don't remember how long of a draft, like when we've had a draft shocker, as big as it would be if Burrow doesn't go number one. So the other topic is, and we mentioned, you know, there's Burrow into a decent size gap. With that being said, and Burrow slotting into number one, with the Bengals are pretty much investing every uh, draft resource that they have into you know, getting in front of Joe Burrow and basically getting him started already. He's going number one, but where does Tua go? You know, the Redskins are sitting at two. They drafted Haskins last year, I believe in the top 10 uh, or maybe just outside. So one would presume he's still the guy. He only started like 12 games or something like that. Uh, But Ron Vera comes in, they might want to move on from Haskins already. Maybe he doesn't see anything special in him and wants to get a guy like Tua who he sees can be the guy for the next 15 years. Do they stay there and take Tua? Do they trade back? Uh, do they just take Chase Young and see what how the chips may lie cuz i mean the lions probably aren't going to take him uh, if he doesn't go number 2 um so that leaves you know the dolphins kind of are the team that we've slotted as the team that's probably going to want him the most uh who, who's the fourth pick I, I forget who's slotted is it the giants at 4 the giants are obviously yeah. not going to pick a quarterback so no. do the dolphins trade up to 2 do the chargers try to trade up to 2 to jump over
0: miami what do you think happens with Tua in this draft Um, I mean, that's going to be the most intriguing aspect of the top 10 is who's moving and where are they moving? Like the Redskins, are they really going to value Chase Young as that all time great edge rusher that they cannot pass up? Or are they going to hang that pick in front of Miami and the Chargers and create a little bit of a bidding war and see who's going to give up the most? I mean, they have the leverage to do that. Um, if I were them, that's what I would do. I mean, chase young or several first round picks when you have all those needs, like, yeah, I get it. Chase young is a total monster, but at the same time, I mean, you've seen in this league, you can find effective, uh, pass rushers, you know, whether it's through the draft or in free agency, like it's not a, you know, it's not like if they don't take chase young, they're going to be set back years. It's nothing like that. So really they can go either way and feel good about um, what they did. They can stay there and take chase or move back. If they take chase, then the lions, they absolutely need to move back. I mean, they need to be, they need to be aggressive with their, uh, with their trade um, negotiations. Like, yeah. They have a lot of leverage there. I mean, if the Redskins aren't going to, they really need to move back.
1: Yeah, and I think the the most sensible thing, I think the Dolphins can basically lock in getting Tua if they really, really want to. Yeah, I
0: think so, too. Uh, <clears throat>
1: you mean, like you mentioned, they have three first-round picks. They have 18 and somewhere in the 20s. So, you know, if they offer to the Redskins, you know, number five swap with number two plus the 18th overall pick and maybe yeah. like a third-rounder or something like that, Uh, you know something else or maybe a future draft pick who knows Uh, but if we're just sticking with the first round of this year if they throw in that 18th pick like you said you're if you're the the Redskins you drop back to five you're still guaranteed to get one of the best players in the draft you're only moving back a couple spot a couple spots you still got Okuda you got Simmons the Giants most likely uh, will go tackle but if they don't you know they might get one of those and you're left with a slew of really talented, uh, players. there. still at five. Uh, And then you get an extra pick. I mean, they have a, they need, they have a lot of needs. There's a reason why they were the second overall, they have the second overall pick in this draft. So by adding another first round asset and a lot of things, we'll see this too, like trades almost always happen towards the end of the first round. People kind of forget that a first rounder has a fifth year option automatically guaranteed into their contract. Whereas a second round, a second rounder doesn't. So if a team can trade up four slots from you know the second pick in the second round to the, se- the second to last pick in the first round, they move up four spots and add an entire year's worth of talent uh, of, of a contract onto that player. So you're going to see teams that are going to want multiple first round picks, especially towards the back end of the draft. So the Redskins are in a prime position to try to swap that pick with the, uh, with the Dolphins because they're going to, I mean, any, regardless if it's two or three, if they want to trade up to try to secure that pick, they're going to have to get up multiple first-rounders. No yeah. What? So perfect position right now for the uh, Redskins. But if they decide, you know what, Chase Young is too much of a generational talent to pass up, we're just going to take him. And like you said, Alliance almost have to trade back. Uh, and at that point, you're only going two slots. It's hella worth moving those two spots, plus probably get another first-rounder. That might be the, the later in the 20s first-rounder, yeah. maybe even the next year. But it's worth it to them, I would say, to trade back. And I think Tua is going top three almost certainly uh, to yeah. either the Chargers or the Dolphins. That's my
0: prediction. Yeah, no, it's it's a lock. And uh, if he doesn't, then those two teams are uh, idiotic. Hell, maybe the Lions freaking just take Tua and – Say, they could. I mean, Stafford, your days are numbered. We need to go in and not that I, I think wouldn't. Stafford's bad. That's not what I, I would do. Dude's like but, 30, 31 years old,
1: maybe 32, somewhere in the
0: low dude, 30s. You can never predict what the Lions are about to do. That's true. They could totally just fuck this draft all like, the you know, hell. a tight end in the first round, you know? Yeah, that would be awesome.
1: <laughs> so, okay. I mean, it's going to be intriguing the whole Tua situation because there's that big, you know, a big gap that a lot of people see between Tua and everybody else below him. Herbert or Fromm or Love or whomever, I think there's going to be a run for the top, you know, two or three pick depending on what happens there between the Chargers uh, and the uh, the Dolphins. But who knows? There's another another team could jump up and and make a run and yeah, who knows? Unload to try to get two. Like there's a lot of teams. Everybody needs QB for pretty much. You know, if you don't have a QB, you're fucked. And if you don't have one, you need to find a way to get one. And do you want to yeah. take a flyer on a guy like Fromm or Love? Probably not. Yeah.
0: Who knows? No, I mean I'm sure there are betting wars happening literally right now. As yeah, and that's another thing. This. It
1: gives another advantage to the Redskins because it's so obvious who's going to go number one. They've ba- they've basically been on the clock for you know four months now. So right. It's, it's it puts them in a pretty decent spot. So
0: yeah. No, I'm to excited to see. Yeah. So obviously we uh, don't need to touch on on Tua or Burrow skills, like you said. No. Clear number yeah. one and two.
1: The only thing that Tua uh, might, like it gets sketchy is his health. Yeah. If he's healthy, he's going to be a stud. Yep. But is he going to be healthy? That's obviously the yeah. big question mark. And I gonna, I think – Might mix I think, things up a little bit.
0: I think he'll recover from um, his hip injury. But, I mean, we've seen him get knocked out of games before. Right. Like, it's not just that injury, that recent injury recovery exactly. I'm worried about. It's his overall durability long-term. So Yeah, definitely. But he's clearly uh, talented enough to take at number two or three there, so – so moving on from the quarterbacks non quarterbacks that you are in love with that are absolutely safe picks are not going to bust and have the most potential to be quality starters to you know the superstar level players somewhere in that range.
1: Gotcha, yeah, I guess I'll go first with this. So you know there's a few Burrow I think is going to be a, a complete stud. Um, you know he's one of those QBs that it's like a, one of those to me, a can't miss QB. If he, if he turns into a bus, it'll be one of the biggest shockers of of a bus that I've seen in quite some time. Uh, you know, but outside of that, you know, Chase Young, I think is a similar, he might be the best college football player I've ever watched play. Um, and arguably it could be between him and bro and it's happened in the same year. So, you know, but besides those two, I guess my number one uh, guy in the draft besides those top two is Jeff Okuda. And it's not just because I'm a Buckeye fan, a lot of this stems, you know, I said a lot of this in our last episode when we did the mock draft. I think he is one of the best corners we've seen come into a draft in our lifetimes, for sure. You know, there's a handful of guys who you could throw in there, you know, Patrick Peterson, um, Ramsey, him, uh, Okuda. Like, there's a handful of guys who you could throw in in that conversation. His ball skills are next level. His, And that's another thing that you see in the league is, cover corners are so valuable. I mean, we've seen Revis Island and how valuable that was for the Jets. If you get a guy who can lock up one-on-one and you can just forget about him, that is one of the most important positions, one of the most important assets you can have on your entire team. And I think Okuda is, I don't, he, he, in my opinion, he might be the best corner I've seen come into a draft. Just the way his corner or his covering ability, um, and you know, Denzel Ward goes number four to the Browns a couple years ago. Uh, Okuda is a much better tackler, much better pursuer than, than Ward ever was and an even better cover guy. So he can basically do everything and he's a freak athlete and he's super intelligent. Like he's just got the entire package for a corner and is a can't miss guy in this draft as can't miss as they come of anybody in the draft. So that's kind of mine, kind of an easy cop out for me since I've watched him every snap of his entire career. So I kind of was able to absorb and just see how good he really was. Uh but it just stands out more than than any other player. Sure. Uh, besides maybe Chase Young, who, like I said, might be the best college player I've ever seen, and then Joe Burrows, just dude threw what sixty touchdowns. I like, guess just absurd. So, yeah, it's absurd. Uh, my- I
0: I like uh, I like Jeff Okuda a lot. In fact, I think you could argue that um, his value is significantly higher than Chase Young in this draft you could- because of what you said, like cover corners do not grow on trees. Like, and especially this class, I mean, mean, there are really only three corners I'd be comfortable with taking in the first round. If I were a GM, obviously Jeff Okuda is at the top and there's a huge gap after him. And like you said, you know, the names you mentioned there are absolute studs uh, coming out. And I, I agree with you. He, I mean, he's at that level of talent. So I mean, I easily think you can make the case at uh number two there if the Redskins stay that they take Jeff Okuda yeah. instead of Chase Young. And I wouldn't fault them at all for that because you can find pass rush. You can find like if they have Chase Young and then three other trash linemen on their front, is Chase Young really going to make that much of an impact, you know, in the right. um, getting after the pass? Like, yeah, he's good. He's gonna get his, but you can build a defensive line unit that has, you know, as a whole, they're a quality unit. Cornerbacks are left by themselves. That's another
1: thing, not to, to, not to derail your point, but uh, you made a good point with Chase Young. Like you can build your offensive scheme around stopping a D end a hell of a lot easier and take, you know, Chase Young, like you said, if he's a, the only guy on a shitty D line, like you can build your offensive strategy to take him out of the game and take him, reduce his impact a lot more than you can say, okay, We've got Jeff Okuda locking up our best receiver. You can't take that away. Like There's nothing you can yeah, do exactly. to keep their best corner, who's you know uh, island, from guarding your best receiver. You can do different things. You can slide an extra tight end. You can throw a, uh, put a tight end in the backfield if you don't have a fullback. Give it a little chip. You can double team on the outside. Like There's a lot you could do to try to negate what a defensive end can bring if he's the only guy on that line. But like you said, uh, if they see the value, you can't do anything when you have an island at corner. You can't do anything to stop that, pretty much. Agree. Throw away from them, which yeah, you don't want to do that.
0: No. So um, my the play, some of the players I love. Um, I'll start with my favorite receiver in the draft is Jerry Judy. Um, you know, he's not the fastest receiver even on his own team, which is crazy. Right. Um, but uh, and he's not the biggest per se either. But his footwork, agility, route running. Ball skills and playmaking ability after the catch—it's just absurd.
1: Next you know time. how
0: you know how Tyree Kill every time, almost every time that he can, after he catches it, he kind of turns quickly and squares up, kind of squares the right. field to see like whatever defender is there. Because I mean, you're taught to square the shoulders if you're running with the ball um, when you're approaching defenders. Judy, it has that kind of ability to where. He can catch the ball and immediately turn and not just square up a defender, but make a decision on on what he's going to do next with the ball. And it's like, he's just lightning quick, man. He's, he's just a total playmaker. I think he's a beast clear wide receiver one. In my opinion, I think if someone takes a receiver over him, I, I think they're totally foolish. Not to say that that receiver won't work out. There's a lot of good ones. But I, I, I personally think yeah. Jerry Judy is the safest, like easily going to be a stud uh, in this class when it yeah. comes to the receiver.
1: Position. Yeah, I mean, offensively, uh, I don't know that, I mean, maybe Burrow, but I don't know if I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Offensively, I don't think there's a more can't miss guy than Jerry Judy. Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, you know, we were talking about this, like we're not going to pretend – one that we're experts in anything we say, but especially right. O line evaluations. Like I don't know yeah. shit about O line. I yeah. just read what people yeah. say. He has a great
1: first step footwork on the outside and uh, his right. kickback and his hands. Like what the fuck, right. I? I've never played yeah. O line. Look at me, I weigh buck fifty. Come on,
0: yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I'd agree with you. He might be the the best. You know, can't miss offensive player. His instincts,
1: right? I think, are what just separates him. And like you said, that all obviously contributed. Like his route running and his ability to kind of make guys miss once he, and, and decide what he's going to do with the ball and get square yeah. after he catches it. A lot of that's just instincts and he has some of the best. We've yeah. seen in
0: quite some time. Yeah. So
1: uh, another Although, uh, CD lamb.
0: Is no, he's good. A
1: fucking dog too.
0: Dude. I think he's good.
1: I think the gap between Judy and lamb is pretty damn tight. If somebody goes CD lamb over Judy, I'm not going to be like, that's really stupid. Like that. That's a reasonable argument to be had. In my sure. opinion, and Then I think there's yeah. a little bit of a, a, a drop off between the next couple guys. But those two, in my opinion, are a lot. It sounds like a lot more neck and neck than you have.
0: Yeah, I think you have them a little closer than I do. But that's like you said, yeah. C.D. Lamb, good player. Um, so the next guy I really like um, in a class that doesn't have a whole lot of uh, linebacker talent. Like it's not deep in the first round. Um, Patrick Queen is my number one linebacker uh, in the draft, uh, out of LSU, um, after doing some more reading and, you know, watching some of his cutups, I mean, the dude has the instincts. I mean, he's physical and can cover. Um, I think whoever is getting Patrick Queen is going to fill uh, a nice hole at their linebacker position. Um, and then next my favorite player in the draft is Isaiah Simmons. Yep. He is the number one safety on the board easily. And I think he is right up there with Jeff Okuda and Chase Young as like, these guys are the three best players in the draft right here. Most talented, safest, like very high floor, but still have a high ceiling to succeed in the NFL. And the guy is between 6'3", 6'4". He's like 230, ran a 439, and – I mean, he can do it all. Like, they played him in the box. Uh, he can blitz, and you know, under control. Uh, he led Clemson in sacks. Um, I mean, some people have him as the best cover safety in the draft. So, you know, I just think he is a surefire, cannot miss prospect. But you have
1: safety, but you have him definitely playing safety in the league, then, because I mean, you know, it's obviously a lot of conversation about him playing linebacker, outside linebacker, depending on the team. Uh, you see him definitely slotting in at at safety. What's your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, he's 100% a safety. If you start really watching him and, uh, you know, picked up on this from doing some reading too, you know, he's he's not going to be able to hold up in the box 100% of the time. Where he is elite is, you know, almost kind of like um, a Derwin James or Jamal Adams where, you know, they have him over the top, they roll him into the box you know or yeah. like a Tyron Matthew even you know Tyron Matthew kind of plays say. all over the field like i like that comparison too to where you know he can blitz you um he can play over the top he can you know play one on one with certain receivers obviously not he's not going to lock down everyone in the NFL but you know i i think whether he's in zone or man against a lot of players in the league he's going to be able to hold up and cover some people have him um have uh, Xavier McKinney? I saw a tweet from Free uh, who I, I think Seth Galina said they actually trust Xavier McKinney as an in-box safety more than Isaiah Simmons, and would rather Isaiah Simmons over the top. Kind of interesting. I don't know about that. I,
1: I think I don't know. I think no matter where you line up, Isaiah Simmons, he's going to be the guy. Like he's the best cover safety. He's the best inside the box guy. Like he's the best all-around player in this entire draft. Uh, yeah. So I think you could draft him, literally put him anywhere you want, and play him at you know six different spots throughout a game, and just try to use him as a tool to confuse the quarterback on the opposite side. Like, there's so much you could do with him, yeah, uh, because for sure. he's an athletic freak and his instincts are, uh, you know, as good as they come. So yeah, that's a good one. Um, piggybacking off that, I think one of my guys, and I guess sticking with the DBs, um, you know, C.J. Henderson is another guy who I see being an elite step in day one corner who can be an NFL starter for a long, long time. Like just watching, you know, I saw several of his games throughout the season at Florida and he's just, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Like he just has all of what you need to become a long time, decades long lockdown corner in the league. Like a lot, he's, he's actually a lot closer, I think, to Jeff Okuda uh, in this draft as the number two corner than I think a lot of people are giving him credit for. Recently, I've seen a lot more, uh, analysts and, and mock drafts and things like that showing Henderson moving up inside the top 10 even. Um, and and we could see that a team, uh, uh, you know, whether it's the Falcons or whomever, somebody trade up inside the top 10 to go try to get uh, you know, the number two corner in this draft. And I think he's deservedly so to go top 10. He's that good. And I think he's going to be able to come in day one and just ball the fuck out much like Jeff Okuda. He's a little bit less you know, talented and skilled wise overall, but he's up there and he has room to even improve even more. Uh, and his floor is not very low, and his ceiling is, you know, way the fuck up there. So
0: yeah, no, he's he's gonna go hot. You always see because corners, yeah, I mean, cover corners just don't are, aren't that available. Like Eli Apple, I thought was taken way too high when he was drafted, but at the same time, when you really think about it, how many like six one, six two corners are are there out there that can run? Like yeah. not many. I mean, you don't
1: see You'll see a lot of corners go high in this draft, like Damon Arnett's another guy who could sneak into the top ten in that back end.
0: Yeah, um,
1: it, we could see five corners go in the t- in the first round this year. I wouldn't be surprised. So,
0: you think so? That oh yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. No, I think so. Yeah, you could.
1: Between those three, potentially Damon Arnett's kind of an outside, just because there's yeah. so many studs. I mean, I Gladney. Think,
0: I don't think he'll sneak into the first, but you got um,
1: Gladney could uh, easily go top ten. Who's another or a uh, top? First round, who's kind of that back-end, Damon Arnett level. Yeah,
0: um, Trayvon Diggs from right. Alabama. AJ uh, Terrell is another guy. In. Yep.
1: So there's – I don't know. all Any one of those guys, I think, could be a starter in this league. AJ Terrell, I think, is one of those guys that I see going a little bit higher than he probably should. I don't know that he's you know, that high on my list of corners uh, compared to some of the other guys. I'm not really sure why, just kind of a, a feel thing. Um, yeah. It could be my ass, but I I just feel like what I've seen from him didn't impress me as much as uh, some of the stuff that I've seen from some of the others.
0: I liked uh, Christian Fulton a little more than AJ Terrell, he'd be uh, number three at cornerback for me in the first round. Yeah, but uh, so rolling into uh, players that you dislike now, hit on the players we liked there in the first round. What are, what are some players that you're not really feeling that are being talked um, about?
1: I mean, I think AJ Trell, I mean, I'm sticking, it's funny, like I'm sticking to mostly all the same positions here. Uh, but I, I feel like I just have paid more attention to the DBs, uh, some of the wide receivers, uh, things like that. Like, I haven't really paid much attention to the linebackers. I haven't paid much attention. I mean, I've paid attention to the, the offensive linemen, but I'm like, we said, earlier, like, I'm not going to pretend like I know enough about offensive line to say like, Oh, you know, Makai Becton's a bust. Whereas Tristan yeah. works is going to be the next out of all studs, like offensive line, any number four of the, or offensive tackle, any four of the, the main guys between a Thomas works, Wilkes and, and McKay Beckton, like any of them could be a bust, I guess. Any of all four of them could be superstars for a long time. Like I, I don't have enough. So uh, I don't know, I think AJ trails is kind of the guy who I think is going to go a little bit higher uh, than I think he should. And uh, he just didn't impress me enough from what I've seen. And maybe I just didn't dive enough into him but just what i've seen i feel like i don't know he just maybe it's cuz i'm trying to compare him to some of the other corners that i really love and he's just not as good but i don't know i think Terrell's the guy who i would put on my hate list if you want to call it that i mean i think he's still you know a top of second round guy in my opinion it's worth taking yeah. there but you know we've seen mock drafts of him going top 15 and i just don't see that happen like i
0: pardon me, i don't yeah, see I would, the
1: value being there for him
0: yeah i wouldn't take him wouldn't take him that high. Um, oh,
1: yeah. That's kind of my guy.
0: For yeah. My I'll, hate list.
1: Just cause he's like, I said, I don't think he's bad. I just think he's not as good as a lot of the other corners. Uh, he's lower on the list than a lot of people are putting
0: him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, kind of that way with Grant Delpit, the safety out of LSU sticking in the secondary, like, and he's, this has been a subject even throughout the college football season. Cause I believe he won the Thorpe award and it was yeah. kind of like, it was almost like, there was someone better than him last year when he actually had a really good year. So by default, they handed it to him this year because he's a junior I feel like college football awards kind of do that sometimes like, Oh, we got to give it to the, you know, this guy earned it last year, but we couldn't give it to him. So here we'll scratch her back. Cause he, he was the third best DB on his own team. arguably. Right. I mean, yeah. Derek Stingley is a beast and could go in the first round right now. Right. And um, Christian Fulton Uh, per pro football focus, like allowed the least amount of receptions over the past two years or something absurd like that. So, you know, Grant Delpit, like he could be a good player. I just, I've seen him like in the top 18 range and personally, personally it goes Simmons um, McKinney out of Bama and then Antoine Winfield ahead of him uh, for me. And then, I mean, even after that, I don't even know enough safeties to debate, between yeah. them and uh, Grant Delpit, so he's just another one like
1: I mean he's in he, the second
0: round. you could you could, sir, arguably,
1: you could arguably say that Jeremy Chin is a better pick at safety than uh, yeah yeah.
0: yeah, you might be able to so it. He's, he's just one I've seen like you said in the first round and I've just uh, I don't know I don't really see him in the worth being taken in the top yeah. 20..
1: Yeah, another guy I meant to mention uh, as my loves is Neville Gallimore. I talked about him a lot on the last podcast, oh, yeah. so uh, I won't rehash the same, but uh, same points. But just to point out, like I think he's going to be one of the best D line prospects coming out of this draft. Just his athleticism is pure as it gets. So that's one of my other top loves of the draft. Hell yeah! We might, we might actually? I think we're about to get into some sleepers. He might actually be a sleeper, depending on if he goes for like. He's, in my opinion, certain. No doubt No doubt, first rounder, but he could drop a little bit, so he might turn into a sleeper. I'm not going to put him on my list because he should go first round.
0: He's from Oklahoma, right? Correct. That Yeah, yeah. Dude, he his is explosive. Yeah. He's a freak.
1: His, just anybody who watches highlights, they're disgusting.
0: Yeah, he he's insane.
1: Interior D. Lyman, who is – he could play – I feel like he would play end if he wanted to.
0: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, speaking to Oklahoma, another guy I'm not really feeling in the first round is Kenneth Murray. And again, you know, this is just coming from Draft Twitter, and then me going and watching, you know, as much high, as many highlights as I can of him. He's an athletic freak. I mean, he yeah. he's athletic. That's where I
1: fell in love with him a little bit early right. on was his yeah. athleticism, like blew me away yeah. a little bit.
0: But I mean, it's hard to trust. Big 12 defenders, more so in the back seven, especially at linebacker. In that league, I mean, it's pretty much like offenses run 100 miles per hour. Okay, ran this play, get lined up, snap the ball again. Like, how often are teams actually even getting set and getting their um, concepts called and in place that they want to? Kind of seems like Kenneth Murray just kind (laughs) of roams around out out there there and lets his athleticism.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just kind of waits 12, for
0: though. something to come to him and he reacts, that's right. and, and that's it. So, He's a good enough
1: athlete know. to just kind of wing it, especially in the yeah. Big 12 and still ball out. So,
0: yeah, that's good that will testament. get you looking like a fool in the NFL. Oh, yeah. You will oh, be yeah. on film, like, looking like, oh, what the hell is this guy doing? So, right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would see her like second round, you need a linebacker. Okay. He's athletic enough. He Why him, not? Yeah. So, again, it's more so we're gearing this more so around like the first round. Right. So, so um, outside of the first round, unless you want to stick in the first round with your boy nope. Gallimore there, uh, what sleepers you got?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Gallimore is only a sleeper if he drops out of the first round. So, you know, I don't really see anybody in this draft you can call a sleeper who goes first yeah. round. I think anybody in the back end is going to be slotted in, unless, you know, yeah, I mean, somebody would have to drop – I don't know, somebody who's slotted up top is going to have to drop like an A.J. if He's there in the 30s or something like that. Like, okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, one of my first uh, sleepers, and this guy I've been, uh, you know, liking a lot early on, and a lot of it probably similar to why I like uh, Ken Murray at the beginning. It's just his athleticism is ridiculous. Kyle Duggar out of, I don't even know how to say the college Lenoir Ryan, <laughs> I don't know, never even fucking yeah, I don't heard, know. Of never even heard of Kyle Duggar before, you know, the combine and stuff like that, and kind of seeing his name listed and like, who the fuck is this guy, and looking into him a little bit. I think he's going to be a freak. Ran a 449, a 40 yard dash, six among safeties. He had a 42 inch vert, which was second out of the whole combine behind your boy Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, and then had a 134 broad jump, six overall in the entire draft as well. Dude's just an athletic freak. He did everything from returning punts to lining up at safety and flying around all over the field. Uh, he's just an athletic freak, a really smart dude. I think I, I read about how he like, studied engineering or architecture or something like that. Um, so he's a smart dude. I mean, he played, it's tough to kind of gauge some of these non, what are they called now? 1AA or what the fuck are they called? the league, whatever league they call it. I don't know. They FCS. Changed, yeah. They changed the the name of the league. Championship
0: whatever. series. <laughs> yeah.
1: Say. Anyways. So whatever. it's hard to kind of gauge those guys. You're not seeing them on the regular, you know, they're not playing the type of talent that is deserving of a guy who's obviously going to get drafted very high in this draft. Um, but I think he's going to be a sleeper because he could be, you know, we talk about ranking safeties and DBs in this draft. I think he's a guy who's not very much mentioned a lot of times. Um, you know, talking about Delpit, I almost would rather, Take a flyer on Duggar over Delpit just from everything that we've seen and the way he's balled the fuck out. I mean, obviously, it's against lesser competition, but it seems like he has all the everything you need from a safety so far as like physical ability, his instincts, just everything he does. And like I said, he's out there returning punts to the house. Like, dude is a freak and yes. he's just a baller of a football player. And when you get ballers on your team, they do work. Reminds me a lot of uh, Darius Leonard, who's a guy who kind of flies under the radar, comes in, one of the best linebackers in the league instantly, boom, day one. Like Duggar could be a guy like that. That's be my comparison. Yeah. Obviously different position, but that's my comp uh, for him. And that's a pretty, pretty generous comp right there. For, for sure. And I got Darius Leonard. So uh, that's my first uh, sleeper guy. And my other sleeper guy, I'm going to go with KJ Hill, the Ohio State. I know, again, might be a little cop out from some of the listeners because knowing that I'm a huge Buckeye fan. But he's just a guy that I think flies under the radar Uh, You know, it reminds me a lot of Terry McLaurin last year. I don't think he's quite the level of Terry McLaurin, but a guy who like a lot of people weren't talking about, a guy who I value very highly, just being able to to see what he's done his entire career. Uh, KJ Hill's not really getting the love because there's so many wide receivers who are just complete studs. And I mean, KJ Hill, he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest guy, but he's just a reliable Terry McLaurin type guy. You know, all-time receptions leader at Ohio State, which is saying something with the guys who have rolled through there. Uh, the only guy with 200 catches at Ohio State, six overall in yards and TDs at Ohio State. Like, it's hard to be a guy with those kind of numbers through a career at Ohio State and be falling under the radar. Kind of weird, yeah. but I think he's going to be a sleeper. I yeah. think he's going to come in and just show that he is going to be a long-time wide receiver in the league. Like, I don't, he's not going to be, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. or you know Julio Jones coming in, but he's going to oh, be just a just right. a
0: quality starter.
1: He's so going to you- be a very very good. A starter in this league for quite some time who's going to drop a little bit in this draft he might go fourth fifth round and I think whoever drafts him back there is going to get a steal
0: yeah I totally agree with that pick man Uh, my other uh, buddy that's a huge OSU fan we talked about him last year actually as being like this huge sleeper that it just seems like no one really talks about, right. but is just a really reliable receiver.
1: Especially like recently with Ohio State, with the guys that they've had coming out of the draft, like McLaurin, Paris Campbell, you know, Alave is going to go first round probably next year. Like there's so many guys who he's been behind in the depth chart, but he's still putting up numbers, all reliable out there. Six most touchdowns of all time at Ohio State. Like that's saying something. He's going to be sure. stunned.
0: Yeah. Yeah. OSU just shits out NFL talent. Sure does. <laughs> So, so yeah, who uh,
1: you got as your sleepers here uh coming up outside of so the first
0: round? I got uh Logan Wilson, linebacker out of Wyoming. Um
1: he's getting a uh, little he's getting decent amount he's of getting,
0: hype late. I'm like he, yeah, yeah, he's getting talked about. So Jake Burns um just started paying attention rider.
1: to him the last couple of weeks. I'm like,
0: okay. Yeah, no, I, I like him, man. And obviously I kinda um gravitated toward him because well, the Browns have a huge hole at linebacker now. And yes, sir. So, you know, hey, if if they value him there in the second round and uh, I'm sure he'll be there, I'd, I'm starting to buy into uh, taking him and um, him becoming a starter very early in his career and uh pretty decent one at that. So he's kind of my sleeper, obviously. Um, you know, anything could happen. I also like Malik Harrison out of – Ohio state again is kind of like a sleeper that, you know, he's going to be sec late second, maybe third round type, of type of linebacker, maybe higher. I mean, who really knows, but, um, he could fill our void at linebacker, you know, speaking from a Brown's perspective. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And the other sleeper, I guess I already mentioned earlier that I don't want to forget is, uh, from, I think it's going to be one of those sleepers that everybody's going to kind of overlook him at the quarterback position. And he's going to be a guy who, he could be one of those guys who falls back into the draft second third round. Everybody kind of sees him as a stud like, "Oh, where did he go in the draft? Like why did he go so much later? Why wasn't why wasn't he a first rounder?"
0: I think that uh, could be from as my other sleeper there. Watch the New England Patriots draft him. Oh, roll.
1: Yeah, that would or watch them just tank the fuck out and yeah, uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence next year.
0: I that want would be, that to happen.
1: What's yeah. that? You want I, that
0: to happen? I want that to happen.
1: Get him out I, the AFC, man. You got enough credit to contend with as a Browns fan, fucking Patty Mahomes there. Bro,
0: I just want to see Bill Belichick actually do it. Like, actually lose Tom Brady because he didn't want to pay him. Turn around next season and say, fuck it. I'm going to lose every single game.
1: That's the Colts strategy. Trevor
0: Lawrence, draft Trevor Lawrence and – Pump out championships until he dies on the field. Yeah. I want to see it. It'd be sweet. Uh,
1: yeah, dude, I, uh, that would not be sweet. I mean, you got enough quarterbacks in the AFC to contend with as a Browns fan. You don't need another one.
0: It's all right. We're not winning the Super Bowl, buddy.
1: Yeah, it's probably true in my entire lifetime. Probably will never see yeah, that. It's never know. Never know. Um,
0: so another sleeper I got, I, I had to I actually had a couple, couple of machine guys. I'm going to go with Donovan Peoples-Jones, though. I was obsessed when he uh, was recruited and Michigan signed him. He was a five-star receiver. Um, I mean, the dude is just, I mean, he's so gifted and athletic, um, very underutilized and underdeveloped at uh, Michigan in Jim Harbaugh's pathetic offense. And uh, you know, he definitely is not polished. Like he, he needs some work, but at the same time, like, He's a big body six two receiver. He's well built. He's fast. He can jump through the roof. Um yep. put him on the outside. I mean, look at uh the his name. Why is it DK Metcalf? I mean, people are shitting on, you know, sort of his actual agility and what was, you know, how is that going to translate to running routes and getting open in the NFL? Dude's doing just fine. Yeah. All on out. Yeah. It helps I, when
1: you have Russ Wilson out there throwing you the ball. Yeah, but.
0: That's true. It's true even though he's running for his life and throwing it. Yeah. Uh, I think Peoples Jones has all the potential in the world to be a really good NFL player. You know, not saying anything crazy. It's just the potential is all there, and I'm, I'm going to be rooting for him because he uh, can't help but feel like he got uh, fucked over at Michigan. Yeah. So that's my athletic, other
1: super. Yeah, athletic freak who, you know, didn't really get the opportunity – that should have been afforded to him. Like, if you got a guy is that good, like, imagine him on the Buckeyes with Fields throwing him the ball. Like, dude would have put up insane statistics. Like, but he got yeah. stuck in the cog of the Michigan Jim Harbaugh system, and round and round we go of mediocrity. So, you know, I think that's a good that's a good pickup, a sleeper, uh, because I think you know his athleticism alone could get him pretty far, and obviously has room to develop uh, at the next level. So,
0: throw. The Browns, get him, put him outside and move Landry back to the slot.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're going to probably lose Higgins, so you're going to need that number three guy. Uh, How far do you think he drops back, though, is is kind of the realistic
0: I I really don't know. I mean –
1: The Browns have so many needs. Wide receiver's not one of them. I think he's going to – like, although he's going to be a sleeper, I agree with you. I think he's not going to be a sleeper enough that he's going to fall into a position where the Browns could realistically go. Yeah,
0: probably not. I I just like thinking about it. And you know, but, uh, speaking
1: of, you know, as we're, we're going to do a mock draft, but we're going to save that for the blog. Uh, check that out on our calling of Field Stands Twitter page. But, you know, while we're at it talking about the Browns, let's do a quick Browns mock for a couple a couple rounds uh, here to throw that in at the end of our podcast here for all the Browns fans. As our hometown team, let's do a quick mock here uh, for the Browns. So I'll throw it to you first. What do you see them doing? First pick. A lot of discussion right now about the Browns potentially trading back. Um, You know, still, do they need offensive tackle. Obviously, there's a shit ton of tackles, especially in the top end of this draft. Uh, One would assume they should go tackle, but there's been a lot of discussion lately from some of the analysts and the NFL talking guys about how they might trade back, uh, target a guy later in the draft, later in the first round, potentially even going after in the second round for a tackle and trading back and scooping up more picks. We've seen Andrew Barry, the new GM, you know, he was the right-hand man, Asashi Brown, who his favorite thing in the world was to you know, stockpile picks, obviously a little bit different. He was asked to do that. Right, a lot of, that's what I was going to say, like a little bit different of a situation and a circumstance, if you will, uh, so far as like what they were trying to do. Hopefully... Barry isn't just that kind of guy who wants picks to, to stockpile and will go after, in my opinion, I want him to go and draft somebody at 10 and I want it to be a tackle. But a lot of different things could happen. A lot of different scenarios could kind of fall into place. You know, what do you think happens with the Browns ultimately uh, here at number 10? Do they, or um, potentially they try to trade up. Like there's, we could see that happen if they want to go and, you know, target a guy like Simmons or Okuda. I don't think they should, but they could, I, I guess. What says you on what you think they should do, will do? all the above. What do you think?
0: I think they should not trade up, never trade up, unless you're going for a quarterback. I mean, or you're like one missing Pete, like, oh, we have Drew Brees, but we just lost Mike Thomas. We got to trade up and get a receiver or something crazy like that. Uh, they should not trade up. Um, they should not trade down unless for some reason, four tackles get drafted in the top nine picks. And I have a hard time thinking that Yeah. Exactly. Agree. I mean, if that happens,
1: uh, though, one would assume there's going to be some studs. I mean, you got four tackles, the two, if not three quarterbacks.
0: Well, that, yeah.
1: That's, that's seven picks, eight, nine. Who else is even going to be gone? You got Chase Young, Okuda, and Simmons are the other three. Like one of those three is falling in your lap at ten. If four tackles go in the top, in the top, you nine. probably
0: gotta, you probably gotta take one of those three. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um. But yeah, like you said, there, there is probably going to be a top three tackle there at 10 most likely i'd like to just take them like they have their board they know who they like just take your guy there at number 10 like that is our missing piece on the there's no complete offense out there when you look at the browns pieces that they have dude if they hit on this pick at offensive tackle and he's you know serviceable, serviceable to average as a rookie on the offensive line. That is going to go a long way in getting Baker's year, you know, bounce back year going in the right direction, Stefanski's first year going in the right direction. Like, it's really important that they get a fucking tackle this, this draft. So, I'd like to see them stay put and get their guy, unless for some odd reason, you know, three or four tackles are taken off the board and there's someone like Okuda that happens to fall on your lap. And then maybe you can take your second and third round pick and move into the back end of the first something.
1: Yeah, like but this. much to your point, like if that happens, just fucking trade back and yeah, stockpile because if, if yeah. you know Jeff Okuda falls to ten, somebody's going to want to pay out to go get him. So Yeah, that's true. I'd be fine with with that. I'm I'm, an, I'm with agreement on you on that. Like they need to just stick, stay put. One of the most stacked offensive tackle drafts as we've seen in quite some time. Like get one of your four. They have their board, like you said. I think you can't really go wrong with any four of them. They all have question marks. They all have, you know, deficiencies and cons, if you will, of why they might not work out. But don't overthink it. Don't try to outsmart everybody else in the room. Take one of the tackles be done with it. Um, you know, but to that point, how do you rank those four guys? Like we said, obviously, you know, Thomas, Wirfs, uh, Wilkes, and Becton are really the top four guys that everybody's talking about as, you know, standing out above, you know, everybody else in the offensive line. How would you say is right? Let's say nobody takes a tackle in the first nine picks, and you have your pick at any of them. Who are you taking?
0: Who? uh, I like Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, that's
1: who I. That's I think my guy as well.
0: Dude, he is freaking huge. Um, Recently, I saw a clip uh, actually going up against uh, a linebacker from Michigan, Josh Uche, who's also could be considered a sleeper. Um, Josh Uche on the first step just annihilates him, um, in a power rush move. I mean, he has Tristan Wirfs like skating backwards. All of a sudden Wirfs, you know, takes a step and recollects himself and just annihilates Josh <laughs> Uche. I mean, just, just destroys him. So, um, and Uche is, who's a really nice prospect quick. in his own. Yeah. He? I mean, he's quick, he's fast. And for Wirfs to like lose on his first step and get driven back oh, all of a sudden to reset and damn near bury this dude into the turf like <laughs> yeah. i don't know man he's, he's an athletic
1: creek man
0: he, he's a monster yeah i, I mean
1: uh, i mean outside of beckton who's like what six eight three eighty or something yeah, so like he's just a a huge, mammoth just, yeah huge uh, i forget the guy's name but the the biggest lineman in the league right now who's the highest paid lineman or something like that uh i forget bears or or bucking somewhere i forget where I fucking sure. his name he's that's his comp is just this giant beast of a lineman. And I'm like, ah, it makes a lot of sense. And he's athletic back then. But you know, yeah, all the other yeah. three are pretty much six, six five, three twenty ish range. Most, you know, anything you'll see or read, they're all pretty athletic. Um, you know, kind of just have to take people's word for it uh, based on like some other linemen uh, who say who's, who's what and what's what with these linemen. But I, I like Werfs as well. I think he's super athletic. Uh, I think he's going to be, a guy who can come and step in and just be the long time left tackle, even though he played right tackle uh, in college, I don't think it's going to be a big transition to, for him to switch over to left. A lot of people might you know, express some concerns on that, having him switch from right to left. Uh, but I don't see that being an issue at all. Um, I think even Joe Thomas said as much. There was a question about, you know, on Twitter they asked him, you know, is it going to be a difficult transition or would you be concerned because you played right tackle? And Joe Thomas basically said, no, you know, a couple months of practice and you'll get the hang of it. It's like, you know, a little bit technique difference, but overall in grand scheme of things, there's really no difference between the right and left tackle for the most part. So I'm not really concerned about him going over the left side at all. Uh, And I just think he's, I don't know. He's just been the guy since the beginning for me. And maybe I've fallen in love with him prematurely and just over him too much early, but I think he's the guy, but I honestly, I can't, I think they can't go wrong with any four of those guys. If they pick any of them, I'll be like, okay, let's roll. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh fuck, they missed out on this pick. As long as they don't trade back and go after like Ezra Cleveland, as a lot of people are kind of arguing, I'll be fucking pissed if that have Just take your guy at ten. Don't over. Don't outsmart yourself.
0: Yeah. It's easy. It's easy. Yeah. The other guy, um, I I really like Jedrick Wills too, out of Alabama. But I also, I, I guess my top two are uh, that I'd want for the Browns would be Werfs and uh, Thomas out of Georgia. Yeah. Um, I think it's Andrew, right? Andrew Correct. Thomas. Um, I'd be happy with either one of those guys. Andrew Thomas is being co- was coached at Georgia by Sam Pittman, probably the best offensive line coach in college football. Um, so, I mean, and he was an All-American. So, you know, he's getting high-level coaching. He's clearly athletic enough and talented enough. Um, either one, man, I- I'm good. But, yeah. yeah, this whole trade down, for all we know, Ezra Cleveland could be like, fucking awesome and it ends up working out but <laughs> if fuck it that. were me i'm staying put man right at 10 and taking uh one of those one of those three or four with Beckton.
1: stick with what is the safer pick at this point you're the fucking cleveland browns you fucked up how many first round draft picks don't fuck up another one um yeah. so you know that takes us to the second round you know what do you think they do there's a lot of different things you know obviously they need a linebacker obviously they need safety uh, oh, and Trent Brown is the, de- the dude I was talking about uh, for the Raiders, who's like 6'8", 375 or something like that.
0: Jesus. Uh, yeah,
1: he, he's, that's Makai Becton right there. Um, and he's the second highest paid, I think I saw, lineman behind Lane Johnson or something like that. I don't know. It's my two seconds of research. So I try to re- refresh my memory on that. So if I fuck that up, so what? Uh, so, yeah, second round, we got a lot of needs still for the Browns. What says you in their second round pick? Assuming they take tackle at 10. Where do you have them going? I guess two. I got my ID on two guys, assuming, you know, I'll take him, but if he's gone, I'll take this guy. What says you on your top two? Uh, We might end up having the same two, but what do you think?
0: Top two? I mean, I kind of talked about one, and I'm still not sure if it makes sense here or not, but Logan Wilson at linebacker, I'm starting to warm up to. But who I really want? Seems a little high, though, but. Maybe yeah, not. that's what I'm saying. I, I still don't know if I'm warmed up to him that high or not. But Antoine Winfield, man.
1: Yeah, that was gonna be my I,
0: God, he's my my top choice. If he is there and the Browns take him, I will be I don't even care about the rest of the draft. Just I will be ecstatic with getting our tackle at ten and then Antoine Winfield.
1: Issue I see, and that's why I wanted you to pick number one and number two on your list, because I was also gonna say Winfield at the second round slot, but I have a Bad feeling and good feeling on his sake that he will not be there uh, that low he's probably going to go top uh, you know if not in the first round he'll go top of the, the second round and that kind of seems like a candidate for me of a guy that somebody might trade into like the thirty two slot or something like that uh, to try to snag another it's possible an extra year of contract because i think I think he's going to be a complete stud uh, so if he drops though, who knows if he does take him for sure my second guy I think uh, is Malik Harrison. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Um, I think he's just, you know, we need linebackers. We need safeties. He's a linebacker who's athletic enough to cover. He can get after the QB. He can hold his own in the run game. Like, he's just an all around, solid, really good linebacker who would instantly be the best linebacker on this team, uh, to be honest. You know, Mac Wilson, no, no offense to Mac Wilson. I think he, Mac Wilson has a lot of potential to be a stud in his own right. But I think, you know, if they draft Malik Harrison, he's going to come in and be the best linebacker on this team. Uh, so I would go there as my second option. Some of those other safeties that we talked about, whether it's Delpit or, or chin could, I could see them, you know, depending on if Malik's there or not, like there's a lot of different things I could do, but you know, what's your, who, if, if Winfield's gone, where do you hope they go? Do you hope they stick at safety with just next on their list of safety? Do you think there's somebody else in that range of, of guys who you want to see them target if they drop or, or if they're there?
0: Yeah. It, I mean, position won't matter to me. I mean, safety, and linebacker are the obvious like next needs, and you know after offensive tackle, yeah. whatever you know, whoever is the best at either position at that point in time, I'm good with. You mentioned yeah. Malik Harrison, I'm good with him. You know, in the second round, if uh, Winfield is already gone and Grant Delpit is still there, be fine with taking. Yeah, shot be fine on with that. Grant Delpit. Um, um trying to think of. Uh, of anyone else yeah yeah or your uh your other sleeper uh dugger
1: yeah i'd be fine with that if he went uh right there i mean he's slotted anywhere around there to a little bit later in the draft uh, but he's moved around a little bit in the mocks that i've seen in the analysis if they took him i'd be uh, happy with that as well Uh, between him winfield harrison um you know any of those guys just stick with you know assuming we had tackle in the first round at 10 let's just hopefully lock that in you know, stick with linebacker or safety at that second-round slot. I don't think you can really go wrong unless you take a flyer on some off-the-wall dude that high. I think that'd be stupid. Uh, just take kind of best available on your list at those positions, whoever it may be. Snag them. Don't over, you know, overthink it and outsmart yourself. Uh on, on we go. I guess we'll see what happens on Friday. But
0: hell yeah, I'm nervous, kind of. You
1: know, as a Browns fan, I'm nervous as always when we watch the, the drafts because oh, it, there's sure. so much stupid fucking shit where you just look at the screen like. Justin Gilbert the fuck are we doing sure enough he's a bum like every time they try to outsmart be the smartest guy in the room it fucking bites him in the ass never have they been the smartest guy in the room strategy and it actually has worked so I'm hoping that doesn't happen again got a new regime new coach new GM the whole situation been through this fucking dozen times I'm nervous more than I'm excited to be honest
0: oh i'm excited
1: i'm excited of course to yeah. see the draft and kind of get football back in our lives and and at the forefront of our minds and getting our minds off of this whole coronavirus situation at least for a weekend it'd be nice uh, but same time i'm anxious i guess anxious is the right word because i'm just hoping they don't fuck it up
0: yeah no i i got a feeling we'll we'll be happy yeah be Good. so all
1: right man well i think that's solid first episode back after our Extended hiatus of a few weeks. Absolutely. Um, hopefully, everybody out there is staying healthy and, you know, doing what they can to contribute to the social distancing and, and not spreading it. I worry that when I see this, 26 minutes ago, Florida Beach opens and it's flooded with people. These are the assholes who are going to get football canceled for us, and I'm going to be fucking pissed. Yeah. So. You know, Fuck. but yeah, with that being said, hopefully everybody's, you know, staying healthy and, and safe out there and hopefully we can get back to some normalcy here soon. Uh, and in the meantime, we got the NFL draft to look forward to in the next few days and throughout the weekend. And we'll be back hopefully soon, uh, hopefully next week to kind of break down what we saw happen in this draft here this weekend and Thursday, I want to call that the weekend, early weekend, I guess. Uh, so we'll break that some of that down here soon and just hopefully get back into the, the, the flow of pumping out some podcasts and getting some content out there so been a good good time back jeff been a pleasure
0: as always man
1: peace